Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Eternal Leadership Podcast. Sandra Crawford Williamson here today, and I am so excited. I have the most amazing couple on. We are going to talk today with Sam and Vicki Ingracia. Now, first of all, they're pretty amazing because they've been married 43 years. I mean, guys, in today's society, that's, uh, that's pretty incredible by itself. They have three wonderful daughters, two of which are married with three grandchildren, and they have done so, so much, guys. They have served in Bible college professorship. They've done pastoral ministry. They've done missions, mission ministry all over the world. Right now, they're both currently on staff at E3 Partners in Dallas, and they lead evangelism and church work uh, all over the world and specializing in Colombia and South America. They also do spiritual development work with a wonderful company here in North Dallas called Nature Nate's Honey Company. And finally, you know, in their spare time, as I jokingly say, um, they also, Sam works with Patterson Center, which is in Boulder, Colorado, and he has a life plan facilitator there. Now, I could go on and on because, oh yeah, by the way, we're going to talk to them today about the two books that they've written. So guys, I could just talk all day about your bios, but um, welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Sandra. Pleasure to be with you guys. Well, we're thrilled to have you because I think we're going to talk today about a topic that's sort of a pink elephant in most everyone's homes today. And that is good prayer in marriage. And I know you have an amazing story. I mean, as you guys like to say, you know, these books and and this praying story really came out of what you called a, a failure. And so I'm not projecting that F word on you. You, you told me that word. So um, I would love for you to just share, you know, you guys from, you know, the, the ugliness, the, the failure story, and how that brought you about this new thing that you have going on. Okay, Sandra, well, you, you pulled back the curtain there, so uh, we just dive in. Yeah, that's, that's really true. Um, you know, what, what the Lord has done in our lives and this ministry dimension that he's given to us and speak into the space of marital prayer, something that we could have never imagined. I certainly could have never imagined for sure. And, uh, you know, we've been involved in a, in a lot of ministry over the years, as you mentioned. And despite that reality, the fact is, in large measure, we weren't hitting on all eight at our own home address, particularly in the area of, of praying together. So that was kind of the main focus the Lord brought to us. And, um, let me tell you a little bit of the story and then Vicki can jump in on her perspective as well. Um, it's about seven years ago now. We, I could tell there was just a level of tension in our marriage. Frankly, we've already had, always had a pretty good marriage, I think. People would say that. And then we would say that. But we'd come into a season where I could tell it was a little bit bumpy. And there came this fateful afternoon where we sat in our living room and I just kind of said to Vicki, honey, I mean, what? what do you think's going on? And I can just tell we're not hitting on all eight cylinders here. And as she, as she sort of contemplated that, I, the way I've always said it is it feels like a realization came on her heart. And um, she said, you know, Sam, I think what I'm 
I'm struggling with is I feel like you have failed me. There was that word, right? Failed me. And I'll tell you, it was like a rocket and just hit my heart. Long and short of it was, it really wasn't a rocket from Vicky. It really was a rocket from the Lord, really to sort of wake me up as to this gap. And so the issue was, as we talked is, Quite frankly, we have had some adventure raising daughters in, in our time and our culture. And at that time, two out of our three adult daughters were really struggling with some stuff. They were young adult daughters at the time. And before that, we'd had our oldest that was prodigal for a substantial amount of time before the Lord really worked in her heart in a special way. But at the time, the failure was a reflection that with all this pressure with the girls and what they were struggling with, I was falling on Vicky's heart in a, I guess in a different way than mine as a dad, but falling on her heart as a mom. And uh, it wasn't that I was completely disengaged, but I, I was not engaged enough where she was feeling rather alone in, in that pressure. And the expression of my lack was in particular, we just weren't praying together very much about it, you know, as to how, you know, we, we might just call God into this issues of life. We, we were praying at times, you know, occasionally, I guess I'd say, but it didn't have any intentionality or regularity about it. And so when she just kind of hit me with that, man, I was failing her in that space. It, it really was a great conviction from God. I just lifted up my hands and I tearfully just said guilty, you know, I knew that she was right. So you felt just immediately, you know, pricked in your heart from the Holy Spirit that, oh, yeah, this is it. You didn't get defensive or, you know, it was just an immediate recognition, which is pretty incredible. So here you guys are, Vicki. You're, you're doing this ministry stuff all over the world. You know, you're, you're both involved in many, many things from a church perspective. Uh, you know, and people would look at you from the outside and think, wow, this is an amazing family, a great couple on fire for the Lord. And so what I want to point out to our listeners is, you know, that that's a lot of us, right? I mean, we're all, we're all walking around. I, I like to say, putting on our church hat, right? We're putting on our church face and we're walking into church on Sunday and everything's great. And we're superhero Christians. And then, you know, we go home Sunday afternoon and the real world uh, comes about. And I think there's a lot of people out there listening who are thinking, gosh, I'm struggling in my marriage. You know, I, I feel alone even though this person's here in the same bed with me every night, we've been married however many years. So from your perspective, Vicki, when you sit down, you know, what led to the sit down? Like what were you feeling and what were you going through? Tell you the truth. It was not the first time I had said something like this in this way to Sam about wanting to pray together more with him. But you know, there is an appointed time for everything. And this was God's appointed time. And so when we sat down, um, I had really kind of resigned to the fact that maybe we would never pray together like I really wanted to. And so I didn't come to him with this anger or resentment or, you know, wanted to punish him or anything like that because the Lord had really been working on me for years. And that's, that's part of my story is, and, and something I like to, 
say to women who are going through anything, whether it be loneliness in their marriage, whether it be issues with their children, whatever it might be, where they have this hidden part of them that's struggling, that as you said, no one from the outside can see it, but God sees it, of course. And as he sees it, he sometimes just wants to, to get our attention too be able to pray more to him about these things and just flush out some stuff in our own lives that need to be dealt with first. And, and I had done that over several years. Um, I call it, you know, looking in the mirror, <laughs> you know, it's like, even if you have one finger pointed outward, you have not, you know, you have nine fingers pointed outward to somebody, you have one finger that's pointed inward and the Lord is always trying to call each of us into a more intimate, close relationship with him. And, and so that's, that's the primary focus that I had for so many years. So I really, honestly, I tell you, was surprised when he really got it. Yeah. So you had kind of through the years given little hints and maybe even built up and specifically said it and specifically asked, Hey, can we pray together? But but Sam had kind of de deflected it or, you know, I know a lot of us, I mean, even in my marriage, you know, we have three kids, they're younger, everybody's involved, we're on different schedules. You know, I tell people sometimes I just feel like a, a chef and a chauffeur. And so I think there's a lot of people that can totally get that. Like you're just in what I call survival mode. You know, I, I tell people when I speak and when I, when I coach, that, hey, you know, my, my life every day is an episode of Survivor. Like, I try to just get to bedtime every day with people fed and, you know, relatively clean. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I'm sure that was you guys were working and doing all these things and raising these children. And as you say, you had some struggles with your daughters from a cultural standpoint. And, and you're just feeling like you're, you're doing it all, right? Right. Right. And you know, when you're in ministry, uh, we all have the same, same amount of time in the day. Yeah. Um, when you're in ministry, it's kind of like I used to say to Sam, you know, I'm a, I feel like a physician's, um, wife, but I don't have the same kind of pay. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You're on call. You're on call basically 24 seven people expect that. And, and the wife sometimes, especially if in your ministry or even in this day and age, I mean, just, Face the truth, men are, it's no more nine to five. You know, it's right. computers on, the phone is on, people are taking texts. So there's always this pull, this outward pull away from the home for attention. And the wives go kind of down on the totem pole. That is so, that's so true. Absolutely. And in fact, you know, I, I would say this goes for men and women that, you know, it used to be more in this nine to five job and without all this technology. Right. You know, people came home and they were home and, yep. you know, and it was just a, a much different family way of life. And so in today's world would, you know, both uh, members of a couple out working to get by and you've got all these devices and a screen and, you know, two or three screens and different people, you know, their hands. It is a very, very different setup. And so, so you guys, God sort of ordains this moment, as you said, his timing is everything. And so Sam kind of, kind of opens the door and you again kind of say, Hey, this is what I think is wrong. And this is what we're missing. So were you surprised when he raised his hands and said guilty? 
Oh, I was surprised at that, but I was also surprised that he immediately had a solution. Oh. Sometimes men or even people that you confront, as you can say, um, they feel guilty or they kind of like walk away in shame or they, oh, okay, I'll try harder. And that's kind of what we did before. But at the same time, he got got it uh, to the point of, not only did he feel guilty, but, but he, so there was like a repentance, but there was also then the path and the path was praying scripture in an intentional way. And that's what really surprised. It was like, I got a double whammy too, you know, right. Um, a rocket that, Oh my gosh, she's getting it. But not only is he getting him, but he's now he wants to do this. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> like, be careful what you ask for, right? Uh, and, that, and, and that was really um, a gift to me. You know, it was your gift to me. And I realized, okay, he's, he feels serious about this. And he's going to own it now to the point of starting to pray with me and initiate it and to have a plan. And that's what we want to get across to people that it's not just this, okay, um, let's just sit down and pray for two minutes. Oh, okay. The same old, same old, but there's a plan. There is a track. There is a way to do it. Not every day. And it could just be five minutes a day, whenever that you, as Sam said, pick a passage and, and, so um, it was it was a track and it was an it was a breath of fresh air. It really was. Well, let's talk about that. So, you know, the, the last thing I want to say on kind of the startup was how neat, because typically when men and women have sort of this, as I say, come to Jesus meeting, um, a lot of times the 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 male in the relationship wants to fix things like wants to start saying, well, no, let's do this or let's try this or whatever. But, but you seem to Sam just immediately say, Hey, absolutely. And that's me and Lord help me. And how quickly did God put this on your heart? What the solution was? Yeah. Well, there were a lot of gifts flying around in the living room that day mm-hmm. by the grace of God. And so the way I always frame it when I speak is I say, Uh, I got two gifts that afternoon. The first one was a gift of repentance where I really did get it. The the rocket was from the Lord, not Vicki. And secondly, immediately got what I like to call revelation. I just felt God speak in my spirit. And at that very moment that I confessed this guilt, the Lord said to me, Sam, pray my word with Vicki. That was it. Sam, pray my word with her. And I knew exactly what the Lord wanted me to do. And it was... Uh, pray more, of course, intentionally with her. But this, I said, honey, this is what will help me. Let's pray the word. Let, let's let the Bible become a prayer book for us or a guidebook for our prayer content. So I said, what we'll do is we'll, we'll pick a book of the Bible and we'll say, let's just pray through the text, through the word slowly. And that became the model that we've just been advocating for all this time. And that's what the two books basically are about as well. So this whole thing is profoundly simple. (laughs) It's profoundly hard to do. I get granted for many reasons, but it is a profoundly simple model that has a lot of power in it because it's praying the word. So what I mean by that is, um, you know, we're praying through second Corinthians right now, for example, And we don't even pray together every day as it is with our schedule, but we have more intentionality and more regularity than ever before. And it's because we're running on the tracks of the Bible. 
So we're praying through second Corinthians right now. We're in chapter two. So here's what that means. I advocate and challenge men. Pray scripture with your wife. Here's what I mean. Just pick a book, then read three or four verses at a time. That's it. It's not a Bible study time. It's not for you time to disciple her or teach her or something like that. It's just to read a few word, few verses, and I invariably say, honey, what jumps out at you? What do you see? I mean, what, what's in this text that could inform our prayer? And boy, I tell you, it could be anything from just one single word that comes out of those verses to a phrase or a, a blessing, a promise, a confession, a conviction, a doctrinal truth, just whatever jumps out to us. And then we use those things that we see, just a couple of observations to become the anchor points for the prayer that we then voice that day together. And we might just take turns praying or whatever works best in a marriage. But in this way, the Holy Spirit's showing us just every few verses at a time, some very fresh content from his word and his will. And then in one flesh union of husband and wife, praying the word over our lives, ministry, family, our girls, and whatever. I mean, <clears throat> it's just become an awakening. And uh, it really just changed. <laughs> it became a game changer pretty quick, to tell you the truth. And then in about three or four months later, I just got this, another second word from the Lord. Where I felt the Lord was saying to me, Sam, I want you to use your failure in this as a platform to call my men out on it. And I was like, oh, my goodness, right, great. You know, and I can still tell a bunch of people I'm failing. <clears throat> so uh, because, I, because up to that time, it was just between the two of you, right? Yeah, yeah for three or yeah. four months. Yeah, so for three or four months, you're sort of, you're doing this, you're being faithful to what God told you to do. And in that three or four months, talk about what changed in your marriage. At first, of course, I'm like, okay, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But as he took ownership of it, and I knew, now this is his. You know, he's taking the ball. The mm -hmm. ball is court. Mm -hmm. And we'll see. And over the course of three months, as he said, we started getting more and more, um, praying more uh, intentionally. But um, things that change, I would say, it was a mindset for me. Realize, like, okay, you know, we all want to be heard as women. Sometimes we don't even want our husbands to fix it. We just want them to hear what we're saying. Yes. Preach. Preach it, sister. Yes. <laughs> it, was a, it, was a, it was a game changer for me and that, oh my gosh, um, he's listening enough that Sam has, but in this area, you know, I think it's um, for many reasons the enemy keeps us deaf to each other's needs, but in this area of prayer together, I think he keeps us really deaf to each other's needs and, and the importance of it. Uh, but it also, not only did I feel like um, he's listening, but I also felt um, even just for five minutes a day, I felt like I'm, it's a priority for him. Um, when he, when he actually intentionally says, okay, instead of me initiating or, or me begging, feeling years of begging or whatever, that I, that it was a priority, that it was a priority and my needs were a priority. And then the third thing I guess I would say that really changed was we started through prayer, 
being able to understand each other where our hearts were coming from more because through prayer, you really hear each other's hearts. You really hear what's on that person's mind. You might think from an outside, oh, this is what they're thinking. This is what they're feeling. But when you're praying it, I mean, unless you're lying before the Lord or whatever, you really get honest. You know, right. With your fears, with your temptations, with your, you know, uh, even angers and resentments. Or, you know, you're praying forgiveness that you have anger towards your husband. He's like, oh, my gosh. And I'm like, oh, she's angry about that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it's almost like an endurant way of uh, letting them really <laughs> know what you're thinking about things. So those three things, you know, change mindset, help me feel like more that he was a priority and uh, that I was a priority. And that also um, for us to hear each other in a more intimate, real, honest way. I mean, and wouldn't everybody love that? I mean, it, you know, I'm sure everybody out there listening is like, okay, sign me up. So for three or four months, you guys are, you're doing this and you're, you know, your relationships increasing, you're having more respect for each other, just a deeper love and better understanding and communication. I would also have to assume, you know, better physical intimacy is probably a byproduct of that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so after three or four months now, Sam, the Lord's like, okay, now I want you to go multiply this. And how did that feel? Well, here's, so here's what happened. I, I start sharing with just many friends, just one at a time as the Lord made opportunity. And uh, just because of who we are, how God has given us opportunity, I, I was met, meant I was talking to a lot of leaders, Christian leaders, pastors, elders, deacons, Sunday school teachers, just serious minded men of God. And I, I would just sit down with them, begin to tell them pretty much what we're telling you and what had happened. And I'd tell them uh, how I had been failing Vicki and how, what the Lord had shown me. We're praying scripture together. And so I just kind of unveiled myself to my friends. And, and here's what would happen. I'd come to what I call the money question. So I'd say, so, so here, here's my, my key question for you. Besides praying over meals, praying to maybe put kids or grandkids to bed or praying at any kind of official church related meeting, prayer meeting, Sunday school class, small group, or something like that. How often do you and your wife pray together? Just the two of you. Mm -hmm. Tell me how often that happens. They look at me like with a cold stare. It's like I was asking a question you're not supposed to ask. Right. Right. Yeah. The pink elephant. Yeah pretty much already depensed myself, right? And told my story. So, and I know everybody I was talking to rather well. So it was, yeah. And then, and uh, so it, it just, the answers, Sandra, were not good. And so here, here are kind of the top answers I would get from that question from Christian leaders about how often they're praying with their wife. You ready for this? I'm ready. Never, rarely, hardly ever, occasionally, not enough when needed mm. and when she asks me mm. and my, my last one was probably that when she asked me, I mean, I can't tell you how many times Vicki would, something would come up and she'd say, Hey, can we pray about that together a minute? And no sooner would the words come out of her mouth when I'd think, man, what a jerk am I? Why didn't I suggest we should pray about this? Right. You know, feel this conviction and think, man, I'm not leading this thing at all. And, 
So anyway, you know, it's just this struggling space. Now, let, let me mention something else that jumps to my mind right now, because there's confusion for us as men, I think. I think sometimes we don't know what it means to lead a wife, our wives spiritually, especially if you're married to a woman of God who knows the Bible, loves Jesus. And it's like, what do I do with her? Should I teach her Ezekiel or something? <laughs> what, you know, what should I do? And uh, so I, as I talk to men, it's like, what are the issues? What, why are we struggling with this? You know? And it's complicated and there's a lot of things, but I'll tell you two main things that I, I just feel were true for me and true for a lot of men I've talked to. And I talk about hurdles we need to get over. So one of the issue, one of the issues is just plain old intimidation. A lot of husbands would tell me, Sam, my wife is ahead of me, man. She, she loves Jesus. She knows the word. Kay Arthur's her best friend. You know, it's like, uh, she's ahead of me. So I'll just mess it up if I try to get, get in the way of this thing at all. So they're kind of in, intimidated by that. And then the next hurdle is what I just call fear. And the fear is this, and this would play out of my own mind along with intimidation, but it goes like this. You know what, dude, she knows who I really am. You want me to step toward her and pray with her and all this stuff? Uh, and she knows who I am. She knows what I'm struggling with. She knows these issues and sins and troubles and at work with my father, with my kid. I yell at the kids. I'm watching the wrong kind of movies. I curse sometimes. I'm drinking. I say all kind of things that would come up as I talk to a rhythm of men and have struggles in their own lives where they feel like that was therefore disqualifying them in their wife's eyes and probably God's eyes to keep them from coming close to her spiritually. You see? Right. Well, I'm telling you, between the combination of things, intimidation or fear, and then uh, just a array of other things, what we do is I kind of like put myself in the penalty box. It's like I'm not worthy enough or good enough or ready enough or whatever to, to come out there and get on the ice and really skate with her. I just kind of sit over here in the penalty box because push comes to shove. I'm really not doing so well. I'm not qualified to, to lead her in prayer. And I'll tell you, that's what I find a lot of times. Yeah. So, you know, I do a lot of executive coaching for uh, professional men um, and I see this all the time. You know, the guys will say, you know what, I'm, I'm working all the time and I'm providing for the family and I'm doing this and going there and, and, you know, handling our finances and our investments. And, you know, she's, she's more focused on, you know, the family stuff and praying and going to Bible study and, you know, part of a small group and, and doing women's ministry and that stuff. So the, the man feels like you said, he feels like he's not qualified to lead his wife in prayer. And so what he does then is because he doesn't want to put a big old spotlight on the fact that he's not qualified. He just avoids it. Yeah, exactly. And I I think, you know what, Sandra, mostly, Again, especially when you're talking about more serious-minded Christian men. You know what? They, I, I described it as a burden. We were, I was living with a burden. And I would talk to these guys and ask them the question, and when they give those, all those abdication answers, it's like they were living with a burden too. It's like, I know I need to be doing something here. And I don't know. And they, they, it goes like, they just don't know what to do. It almost right. sounds crazy, but 
I don't, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to lead her. What should I do? Should we do a devotion together, read a book together? What? And there's a lot of good things. I get that. But for me, and what we share with many couples is, you know what? There's something very powerful, very simple. If you could step toward her and say, honey, I'd like us to start to pray together more intentionally, more regularly, but here's what we'll do. Let's let the Bible become the guide for our prayers. We'll read a few verses then we'll observe these verses and see what the Holy Spirit's saying to us. And we'll just pray what we see in the text and pray that over the kids in our marriage. And so that, that was, that was the model. And that was the, the, the challenge I give men again, not as a legalistic thing to do, but as a, as something to do. It's like, well, here's something you could try. It's really helped me. Uh, and invariably that's, uh, that was the heart of the message. And, it's been a lot of fun to, to, to share this message with a lot of couples over the years. Yeah, I mean, I think it's where do I start? I mean, that's the question I think we have in many, many areas of spirituality. Yeah. Yeah. You know, whether we're in a church on Sunday and we hear a message, we're like, yes, yes. Yeah. And then we go to lunch and we're still like, okay, yeah. yeah. And, then we, and then we get home and it's like, uh-huh. Yeah. And then, and then by Monday morning, it's like, I don't even know what to do. Yeah. What was that message about? Exactly. Exactly. And so, so I think what's so beautiful about what you've done is you've broken it down very, you know, easily. You don't have to go buy some $70 couples oh. devotional spectacle with like, you know, cardboard cutouts and you know, <laughs> note cards to put in your wallet and make it all complicated, right? You, all you need is your Bible. That's it. And in fact, if they get your book, what I love at the end of the chapters, you even have some suggestions on specific scripture that they could use to start. So let's talk about the first book. So you write the first book, which is for husbands. And, you know, you go out and you're talking about that. And then what happened to make you guys want to write the couple's book? Well, I had done just say the word and I would just use it in my little sphere of influence as much as I could alongside with our missions ministry and other things. I just speak to the church about missions and also about marriage, you know, and we were finding Sandra, literally this like unanimous gap. I mean, everybody was saying, yes, there's this gap. And, and here was a viable way to potentially fill that gap. And so after doing that for some years, I just thought, how could we go further with this? You know, and there was a friend named David Shepard with New Vantage Publishing, and he sort of helped me self-publish that first book, Just Say the Word. And I said, David, we want to go further. What can we do? You know, would somebody pick up this book and really publish it or take it further or what? He said, Sam, I'll tell you exactly what you need to do. You and Vicki need to write another book. You, you guys need to write a book, second book, but co-author it as husband and wife and bring Vicky's voice into this issue as the, as the wife and as a mom. And then, you know, let both voices be in the book. And I knew when David said it, that was exactly what we needed to do. Uh, not wanting to do it, to tell you the truth, because I knew it'd be a big project and a challenge. But God saw us through, and that was the second book, Praying Together. Same model, same simple model. Uh, read some scripture, observe it, and pray it as, a, as an anchor prayer. 
and that, that was pretty much the model. But uh, God just allows us to get these two books out there and speak into the space as we're enabled. And it's been a lot of fun. And we've got a ton of good feedback along the way. It's been, been a blessing. So let's talk about, Vicki, um, what would you say out there to wives who are listening and they have this, you know, just deep desire to do this, to pray intimately, regular, intimately and regularly with their spouse. What would you say to them to sort of get the husband started? Uh, well, it's all individual, of course, with a woman, but, um, my biggest encouragement, I guess, comes from something the Lord. So to me, I mean, Sam talks about his rockets. Well, I got one too, you know, and it was, uh, and it was like probably, huh, probably 10, maybe 10 years prior to this. I can't even put a date on it. All I know is I was a time and I was just really so frustrated with, um, our prayer life together. And I was, um, <laughs> uh, I was in the bathroom and I was putting on my makeup and I was looking in the mirror and I was just really kind of crying out to the Lord and saying, how long do I need to wait? You know, how long do I need to wait, carry this burden? I had a burden, you know, to pray with him. Well, um, you know, I feel like everybody's needs that were out there are, are more and more important than mine that he blah, 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 blah. You know how we do just kind of just going on and on and on. And I uh, just poured out my heart before the Lord. And that's one thing I really like about David King David is that when you read the Psalms, you know, it sounds like sometimes it looks like this guy's so got two brains going on at the same time, because at the first part, he's like talking out loud to the Lord, you know, and his feelings, but then he he's, he goes down and then all of a sudden he comes to realization. So I was spilling out my heart before the Lord, you know, being gut honest with my frustrations, with resentment, anger, unforgiveness, whatever it was in there. And I just stopped. And as, as soon as I stopped, I felt like, um, I just, I just stood there for a second and, and the Lord said this to me and, you know, in, even in my most creative day, my most spiritual thought, I could never even come up with this. So I knew it was from the Lord. When I, I heard in a still small voice, you know how you hear it. And it's louder than a still small voice. It's so it's quiet, but it's loud. Um, okay. You know, when I created Eve, I had to put Adam to sleep. When I'm finished with what I want to do with you, I'll wake him up. Mm, oh my goodness. But I didn't tell Sam. I did not tell him this. And, but I got it from the Lord, like a rocket, like he's saying, oh, Mickey, what, what you need to do is you need to refocus. Like, stop always looking at what he doesn't do and start looking at yourself. Because, you know, as we all know, we really can't change another person. We can beg them. We can cry. We can do, do manipulate them, whatever. But we really can't change another person. But we can change ourselves. And the Lord at that moment changed my perspective, my focus on not that it was all about me, but there were some things. And as I say in one of the chapters it's kind of like unpacking a suitcase. I had all this stuff in me that the Lord really wanted me to, to process it all with truth and with scripture 
uh, while I was waiting. And instead of, you know, waiting, just sitting there waiting uh, and just building resentment or anger or unforgiveness, waiting with a purpose. And that purpose was to just keep saying, okay, Lord, point, what, what do you want to teach me during this time? What do you want to show me during this time? And maybe it will never even, maybe it won't ever happen, but, the, but, but I can change. I can mm. change by asking the Lord, change me. And that's what I tell women, my friends, my, my, even my daughters, two married daughters, you know, um, there's the Lord might be putting you through whatever waiting you're in. You know, we're always in a waiting room, aren't we? We're always waiting for something. Um, and then when it happens, we're waiting for something else. So it's, it's just the lifelong principle. We're in a waiting room and are we going to wait? Well, are we just going to grind it out, grin and bear it, um, and just stop that emotion. So that's what I encourage women to do. I love that. I love that. (laughs) I'll wake him up when I'm done with you. That's amazing. But it's so true. I mean, we're sitting around, we're like, well, he needs to do this more and he needs to do that. And if he would do this and I would feel this way and you know, I'm not important to him and he's not here and we're really good at picking apart our spouse. Um, but it's hard to look in that mirror and, and see what we could be doing differently. I think we can all relate to that men and women. And I didn't tell Sam that even that even, I didn't even tell him that the Lord said, I wake him up. I didn't even tell him that until all of this had happened. We had written the book and when he started using the illustration, the alarms going off, you need to wake up. Wow. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. I was using an illustration. When I was talking to a lot of men's groups about there's an alarm ringing, but there's a snooze button on it. <laughs> we keep hitting the snooze button. I said, I keep hitting the snooze button in different areas of life. It's not just marital prayer. It could be a lot of things. And so when you hit the snooze button, you're saying, I'm not ready yet, or I need more time. Right. And uh, I was saying, we know there's this alarm ringing. Let's answer it by faith. Let's step out of the penalty box by faith. Step, challenge men to step toward their wife in this expository praying model, pray scripture, and uh, see what God does and see if you don't shine some light and some, some intimacy, holistic intimacy in the marriage yeah, so Vicky comes to you and you sit with her and you say, okay, like it's tense. We got to do something different. God must have been done with her. And so he woke you up immediately. And now we have two books and, and this new sort of, you've, I kind of say you've sort of stumbled into this couple's ministry that you didn't even yeah. intend. Right. But, and, and that's how you know it's from the Lord, right? For sure. So, you know, one of the things I think we all face in marriage um, are troubled times, right? Whether it's illness or a sick parent. Um, this summer, you guys, you had a, a grandbaby born to one of your daughters, their first child. He was born at, at 31 weeks, baby Cedar. And could you, you know, just sort of give us some real life examples of how by praying intentionally through scripture together, um, has made this really trying time with baby Cedar a little easier to bear. Well, the, thank you for, for mentioning that. Yeah, it's been a tough journey this summer. He was 103 days in the NICU here at Medical City, having born over two months early. 
we're thankful for where he is today. He's finally home. He's sat in well on oxygen and, uh, he's on a feeding tube still yet with balance between what he takes by the bottle. He needs his lungs to develop more. So it's all coming along slowly, but yeah, during this whole time, it's just been a family journey, right? And to be, for Vicky and I just to continue in this model as we have been for a long time, just continue to pray through scripture, pray through scripture. And God speaks in a lot of different angles. I, I'll tell you just one little quick vignette. It's powerful to us. We really needed it. August 13 was his original due date. He came June 11. So a lot of times they'll tell you a NICU baby by the original due date will some, you know, a lot of times they'll get out by then. So we had August 13 in our heart and mind, you know, two months there, he'll get out. Well, guess what? He didn't make it. So as we, that day was a little discouraging, of course. And as we prayed that morning, we just prayed as normal. And then just shortly after that, Vicki got this devotional from Charles Spurgeon. She was reading his morning and evening reading and she calls out to me, Hey, you got to see this devotion for this morning. Okay. It's August 13, right? The original due date. Again, the baby's name is Cedar, just like the tree. Okay. Inspired by the cedars of Lebanon from scripture. That's what his, how his Nicole and Josh named him. And now with everything that was emblematic of the cedars of Lebanon and the scriptures that they were, you know, evergreen and stately and durable and fragrant and steadfast and all these wonderful things. So here it was August 13. She says, you got to see this devotional and you know, I've got a copy of it right here. And the devotion was written by Spurgeon on Psalm 104, 16. And the text was the cedars of Lebanon, which he has planted. Can you imagine that very scripture that had wow. the cedars of Lebanon, which he has planted. One of the scriptures that inspired his name was the very scripture on that day that, you know, was the original due date. Oh, wow. It was like the Lord said, I got this. I got Wow. It. Yeah, it's all his timing. A lot of, lot of ups and downs and fears and anxieties through the summer as he would, you know, do well, not do so well and all that kind of a thing. And that just gave us an immense peace. Uh, and then just to continue the journey and that quite frankly, we're still on now. My daughter's house is like a NICU unit because they're just continuing with him there, but he's doing well. So thanks for asking. Well, and I think it's just a great example, you know, those of us that are listening, you know, whether it's a sick child or a sick grandbaby, or it's a financial difficulty, or it's a job change or a relocation, or a, a challenge, you know, intimacy in a marriage, whatever it is, you can use this amazing just so yeah. I, I, I don't even like to say process because that sounds complicated. The word process sounds like, oh, there's a process. This is just intentional, out loud, praying the scripture with your spouse regularly. Yeah. How so, can you go wrong, right? Right, right. Like, yeah. you know, and your books are great because it just breaks it down really simply and, and with a lot of, um, you know, just real life, real world stuff. You know, I mean, you could have written this book because you're, you know, of all your Bible scholarly stuff, you could have written this book, you know, and made it where a couple people could understand it. But you made this just really, it's just basic, like whether, you know, you've been married 50 years, or, you know, one of the things I would encourage listeners out there, if you're not married, 
but you're in a dating relationship and you think you might want to get married to this person, you know what? Get this book, try to do this process with them and, and see how that goes. I mean, what an incredible test, right? Absolutely. I say all the time, you know what? Uh, uh, Sandra, I talk, I mentor a lot of young men just through the course of ministry. It's a style of mine. And I love to, to just be with them and, and share God's word and life, the ups and downs with them. One of the things I challenge them about, invariably is about this, about marital prayer. And I'll say, you know what, man? Uh, I don't know how it is in the providence of God. But when God broke my heart about this and showed this to me, this gap in my life, I was 58 years old. And I had tears many times over how much time I felt I'd lost Mm-hmm. And I thought like maybe my daughter not been so prodigal, that first daughter, uh, you know, and that thank God she got broken to her life and she's a woman of God today. And, and other is- issues we've been through, you know, it, it's like it, what all this is about is equipping us to just face the realities of life, face the realities of life and equipping us step by step. This is no guarantee of, you know, some, you know, rosy, uh, favor or something like that. You know, life's real, uh, spiritual battles real, and we need to be equipped to walk in yoke together more intentionally. And this is one way that I believe we can do that, but it feels very good to me. So I call young men out on this all the time and say, man, if you start praying scripture with your wife now in this new marriage, by the time you're 58, where I was, and even to those who are older who feel like they've lost time like I did, I always challenge them to say, God can restore the years the locusts have eaten. Mm. Great promise. And God's revelation comes at the appointed time. And so whatever appointed time it is for you, if you're listening to this, I don't know where you're at in life and ministry and marriage. I have a clue, right? God knows he's meeting you perhaps with at this message or this challenge at this time. If you feel forlorn about it, and like I did, God can restore the years of locusts of eaten. If our daughters were on this podcast, they would testify to you, you know, what they've just seen in their own lives just as a result of knowing their parents, you know, praying for them regularly. And I hope that's a legacy that we can leave in our, for our family, you know, praying scripture together step by step. Well, I think that's a, a great way to say it is don't overcomplicate it. Just get started. Right. Like, and don't wait till you've perfected it and like practice in the mirror, practice in your car, like forget all that. Just get out the Bible and start today. Read some text, read a few verses. And the back of just the word has a prayer guide for Philippians. Mm-hmm. And the back of praying together, we wrote a prayer guide for James. So the idea was just to give a couple examples, but we're, I'm not writing prayer. We're not writing prayer guides for a bunch of books of the Bible. I don't need to. Right. You and your husband are praying together, Sandra, whatever the Holy Spirit's wants to show you from any particular text, he can show you and uh, give it to you at the right time. It's been amazing how many times we're praying through a text as a matter of course. And I'll tell you, we'll come to a couple of verses and it'll be exactly what we needed. Mm, That's that's beautiful. That's in you is the Holy Spirit that's in his word. And just like when you read the Bible, sometimes when it just hits you, wow, look at that right at the right time. Well, the same will be as you pray text. God will give you word just at the right time. Not every single time, but I'll tell you, undeniably, sometimes you'll know God met you in that, in that little prayer season. So we're trying to give a message of hope, not guilt. 
I've got enough guilt to go around, enough failure. Uh, we want to give a message of hope, of restoration, of healing, of reconciliation, all these good things uh, to cover our families uh, with, with healthy marriage as much as we can. Well, that's beautiful. And do you want to mention the other work that you do? Because I think, you know, the stuff you're doing is amazing. And I do want to give you a chance to tell people about that. Well, I appreciate that too. Yeah, we're on staff with E3 Partners based here in Dallas. It's an international missions ministry that's focused on uh, evangelism and church planting work. It's church establishing ministry. So when we take teams out on short-term missions all around the world, and I in particular work in Colombia, South America, we just go in a neighborhood side by side with Colombian churches where they have an intentionality to start new churches. And so we go out and share Christ just all week long with hundreds and hundreds of people at a very grassroots level, begin to gather them together in small community discipleship groups as the seeds of new mission churches. So that's what we've been doing for 26 years. And it's just been terribly rewarding to focus on the great commission and help people see the power of the going of the great commission that's transformative. And then uh, God opened a door at my friend, Nathan Sheets has a company named nature Nates. It's a honey company based in McKinney, Texas. Uh, Nathan's a very kingdom minded man and his wife, Patty wanted to use the business as a platform for the kingdom. So I, we share some space, particularly I do there in director of spiritual development in a business and a great platform for bringing people to the kingdom uh, kingdom values and principles through business, which is a phenomenal outreach, as you guys well know, at eternal leadership. So many great topics you host in the area of business for kingdom. So we have the privilege to do that. And then uh, I'm a life plan facilitator with the Patterson Center, which is a great uh, fun for me too. It's, it's really just the process of sitting with someone for two days, two solid days, to guide them through a process of about 19 modules to really help them step into more purposefulness of life based on the perspective of who God has really made them to be. So we're looking at talents and heart and thinking wavelength and many wonderful things to awaken thinking and perspective and then help plan life forward. I really like the little acrostic IOU and it stands for this intentionality, ownership, and urgency. I owe you intentionality, ownership, and urgency, man applies to just anything in life. I'll tell you, uh, what, what are you Sandra being intentional about? How is it that you're taking the serious ownership and stewardship of it under God? And it's urgent. What, what is it you need to do now? Don't, don't wait anymore. It's I owe you. And so I love that life plan really helps people in a, intentional, close walk. I mean, you're doing coaching. I know you guys do coaching. That's what you're doing. You're doing IOU with people. That's right. Fine. Intentionality, ownership, and urgency. You're absolutely right. And I, and a marriage comes up every single time, even when I'm executive coaching people yeah. on their career, it takes typically about halfway through the second session um, and the personal stuff comes in because, you know, God didn't make us as a divided plate. He made us as one big pot of stew and it all comes to play. And so, you know, if you're out there and you're listening and you're not married, but you want to be, or you are married and you think it's okay, or you're married and you're frustrated, 
or maybe, goodness, you're separated or you're contemplating divorce, you know, I would challenge people that are in, in that phase to go get this book and, and give it 90 days. Do this, follow this process, give it 90 days and see what God does in your marriage um, because this is incredible. And I know you have story after story of people and you can go on Amazon guys and get these books and you can read the reviews. Oh my goodness. I mean, these reviews aren't like, yeah, this is a good book. These reviews are like, this changed my life forever kind of book reviews, which are pretty rare. So go check it out. You know, Sam and Vicki, thank you so much for being with us on Eternal Leadership. I have to say, I'm going to, I'm going to go approach my husband when we get off the the interview here today and I'm going to get my, my book off Amazon and um, yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, everybody out there, you know, just give it a shot and don't overcomplicate it. Just, you know, be authentic and, and um, be your true self with your spouse. Don't try to be something you're not. Don't wait until you think you could be perfect. Just get started. Yeah. Um, I like this mention in terms of responding. If I, we respond to email as well. So if someone wants to write, share something, or for some opportunity, it's sam.ingracia at e3partners.org. There you go. The letter E, the number three. Yes. And um, how else can they find you? You also have a website for the book. Yeah, there's a little website for just say the word, just say the word.net. And, there you go. Uh, yeah, that, that's pretty simple. I have the New Hope Publishing website for the second book, Praying Together. But I always tell people, man, just go to Amazon. They want to email me. I can get books to them directly as well. Just trying to get resources in people's hands, push them in a good direction. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Well, guys, thank you so, so much for being here. And uh, I think we should have you on again in a couple of months. And, and let's take it to the next level. Well, we would, en- we would enjoy that. Please uh, give her greetings to John. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you for being here. Right, thank you. Thank Bye-bye. You.